0: I love to hear a choir, said former Beatle Paul McCartney. I love the humanity, to see the faces of real people devoting themselves to a piece of music. I like the teamwork. It makes me feel optimistic about the human race when I see them cooperating like that. This is Wyoming Catholic College's weekly podcast, The After Dinner Scholar, and I'm your host, Dr. Jim Tonkowicz. There was a time not so long ago when every church had a church choir. Ordinary people knew how to sing parts and often tackled difficult pieces of music with wonderful results. At Wyoming Catholic College, the choir loft in our oratory and during special masses such as our upcoming graduation mass, the choir loft at Holy Rosary Church here in Lander are crowded places. Our students love to sing. Starting at the beginning of this year, they've had the added inspiration of a new choir director, our composer in residence, Paul Jernberg. Mr. Jernberg is also the founder and director of the Magnificat Institute of Sacred Music. I asked Mr. Jernberg how his career as a choir director and a composer developed.
1: Right, well, I actually started out as a pianist and that was my formation and I, I did a lot of performing and solo work and accompanying work. But it was during my time in Sweden, and I lived in Sweden between 1983 and 1993, that I began to working with began to work with a choir there. So, and, and that was also the time that I began to compose. I was asked to compose a musical theater production by some friends that was, you might say, an evangelistic, endeavor and it 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 actually did tour scandinavia subsequently so that was that was my first big project in composing uh, was when i lived in sweden also during my time in sweden was the time in which i really discovered the catholic church i was i did not grow up catholic and so um, i lived close to a franciscan monastery where there was a They sang the the Liturgy of the Hours every day. They did a lot of Gregorian chant, but also Eastern um, Catholic music. And that was a very powerful experience for me. Having that experience of eventually singing the Liturgy of the Hours and the Mass with them on a pretty much daily basis was a, a real transformative experience. I moved back. To, well, my wife and I moved back to the states uh, in 1993, and I was. Well, I have to go back a step. I was received into the Catholic Church in 1992. We came back to the states in 1993, and at that time, I had a real sense of calling, you might say, to to work in the Catholic Church and to do and to offer my musical talents at the service of the Catholic liturgy. There was a whole development, even though I started out as a pianist, eventually got more involved in choral conducting, and then uh, especially coming back to the States in 1993. I began working in the inner city in Chicago. I'm from Chicago originally, and I worked in an inner city parish there for two years. I began composing for the liturgy at that time, and also, of course, directing choirs for the parish. So that that it developed from there, but that's that's the beginnings of that. That was the beginning of my intense work, you might say, in composing and directing choirs.
0: Well, and you founded the Magnificat Institute of Sacred Music. What, what is that? How did that come about?
1: We started it in 2017. However, the background is that actually, I was asked to start a school in 2005 in central Massachusetts, which, which I did. It was Magnificat Academy, which was a choir school, a Catholic choir school, as well as a full curriculum for fourth through 12th grade. That went wonderfully for a few years until we hit 2008, the economic crisis, and uh, we had to close down as a full-time school. I went back to teaching and other work but the Magnifica Academy continued on doing various projects, which I was involved in over the years. In 2017, I met a group of people who expressed an interest in supporting my work as a composer because I had continued composing throughout the years, which was just a, a wonderful opportunity to work full-time for the renewal of sacred music in the Catholic Church. This is something that's been on my heart very much, really going back to my time in Sweden, my experience there, my work with parishes, um, and so this group of patrons was you know were, were wonderful and saying we'd like we'd like to support your work. They were very interested to, to support my work as a composer which I was thrilled by and but I also dared to to say that I think my uh, the work is not only composing, but it's also providing uh, formation as well, providing a philosophical foundation for a true renewal of sacred music. And so that's, that's how we got started in 2017. And I've been doing that ever since. And it's been a just a, a great blessing to be working. So I, I do quite a bit of composing for different liturgies. Uh, I compose music that's that's now being sung around the country and in different parts of the English-speaking world. And we also provide workshops and other educa- educational opportunities for parishes and music directors.
0: What does the renewal of sacred music look like? Or maybe what does it sound like?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a really great question. Renewal is something that is, it, I think it, in this case, it implies reconnecting with our roots because, in, in, as far as Catholic sacred music, we have an amazing patrimony that has been, a, a we, can, we might say, a radiant witness throughout the centuries. Certainly not in every, every parish, everywhere, but the repertoire that we have of Gregorian chant and sacred polyphony and other works, classical works, has really shown out you might say as a beacon light of, of of a witness to to the transcendent dignity of the catholic liturgy over but over the centuries we might say especially we can see well most obviously a lot of people see something happening since the second vatican council but i think it it's it's clear from studying the the history of sacred music that it 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 goes back farther than that, a process by which we sort of got cut off from our, our, our roots in sacred music. So that, I guess we might put it in terms of a question, when we attend Mass, when we participate in sacred music in Mass, is it speaking to us of the transcendent dignity of the liturgy and of the, Christian, of the Catholic faith and of Christ? and this is this is what our music has done this is part of the the glory of our sacred music tradition is that it speaks of this great dignity my experience is that the the people i've met most of the people i've met working with sacred music are wonderful people who are doing the best they can with what they have and i think so but the idea of renewal and might say first of all it's a reconnecting with our roots it's a, a, a in such a way a rediscovery of the greatness of our tradition, on the one hand, but on the other hand, it's also uh, the, the movement to to find new inspiration that's in harmony with that that tradition that speaks to people today. So that as much, I mean, and, and for me, the the tradition, our traditions of Gregorian chant and polyphony, these are I love it. and I've had the opportunity to sing and to direct, and it's just been a it's been a greatly edifying experience. At the same time, I realized that for many many people, I would say probably the great majority of Catholics, it's become unfortunately something of a, a foreign language. They not just the Latin of it, but the, this, the whole idiom of chant and polyphony has become so foreign to people. And, and I think we, we need to work to help people to discover that tradition. But there's also uh, a great need, as I see it, to find new forms, to find new inspirations that are, are in harmony with this tradition that, that speak and speak to people today and inspire them and help them, help restore this sense of, of our music being a, a, a witness to the, the beauty of our faith.
0: Now you've composed multiple masses. Um, the Mass of Philip Neri, and we're using that music at Holy Rosary here in Lander. Mm-hmm. Um, the Votive Mass of the Holy Spirit, Mass of St. Monica, and Mass for the Persecuted Church. I'm, Sure, we can talk about any of those, but tell us about the uh, Mass for the Persecuted Church. Yes, how did that come about, and how's that been received?
1: Well, the inspiration for that Mass began back in 2015-2016 when ISIS was very active, and there was a lot of people were being displaced, or there was a great persecution going on in the Middle East. And at that time, I uh, I started a choir called the Coronum Chorale, lots of, of, of former students and uh, parish choir members and so forth from around uh, the Boston Archdiocese in central Massachusetts to do a series of benefit cons- concerts. And that was, a lot of that was actually the music of another composer, Roman Herco, whom I greatly admire. Anyway, so that, that's how we started with this, this very, became a very large choir, over 100 members just to work somehow to pray for and to, to, to develop our repertoire to be able to sing for the benefit of our persecuted brothers and sisters, especially those in the Middle East at that time. Uh, then a few years ago, well, two years, I guess now, uh, I met Father Benedict Keeley, who's the founding director of Nazarene.org. That's N A S A R E. A-N, because there's some other Nazareans on Nazarean.org on on the web, but anyway, Father Father Benedict is uh, he's been working for several years now uh, to su- help promote awareness of and prayer for our persecuted brothers and sisters, especially in the Middle East, but also in other places of the world. And his organization uh, has all sorts of great projects to help people in very concrete ways and so we met at a conference a couple of years ago and had a one wonderful set of conversations and in those conversations this inspiration sort of fell on our laps the idea well what if we were to do a mass for the benefit of the of, of these people who are suffering and uh so greatly and the idea being not so much a benefit concert to, not, it's not, it wasn't the idea was not a concert to raise money but rather a mass in which we could highlight this need and call people to prayer for them father father Keeley's idea is that he's always saying first of all we need to pray we need to we need to ask the whole church to pray because that that's the you know we often think well after everything else we've done, we'll pray. But his point is, well, we need to start out with prayer, and not that prayer is not a passive thing, but rather through that prayer, then will be born all sorts of inspirations of practical ways to help. So, I was very inspired in speaking with Father Keeley, and so we decided to do this mass. Uh, and the idea would be was that it would be recorded and filmed as well, so that we could share it with many people, we could share the music, and we could share this call to prayer. Subsequently, I, I composed that Mass. The Mass was celebrated last October in uh, St. John's Parish in Clinton, Massachusetts. And we had our Coronum Chorale, the same group, plus new mem- all sorts of new members. And it was a, it was a glorious experience. We had our, our, the Bishop of, of Worcester, Massachusetts. Bishop McManus, Bishop Robert McManus, who was there with us. And Father Keeley was the homilist. And so it was all recorded and filmed. And now it's, uh, people can, can listen to it and hear it uh, on, on YouTube. Gave it a title, Theirs is the Kingdom of Heaven. It's also, we're also preparing another version of it with commentary uh, that we'll hope, hopefully will be presented in the next few months as well.
0: Well, now you're here in Lander. You're working with our Wyoming Catholic College Choir. How's that
1: going? That's wonderful. They're uh, they're an amazing group of young people. The first thing I'm amazed at it's it's a volunteer choir, so they're not required to do this, but we still have we have over 20 members. What is wonderful about them? Well, they love singing, and they're very docile to my to my. Uh, directing of them and they're skilled so uh, this is this is amazing because oftentimes you might have a group of very skilled singers who are not particularly docile to direction you might have a group of singers that are docile but not have enough skill these these uh, these young people have both of those and and i think maybe most importantly is that there's this uh, uh, strong spiritual dimension. So they're singing not simply to make a beautiful concert, but they're really singing to the glory of God.
0: If you'd like to know more about Paul Jernberg and his music, visit his website, pauljernberg.com. That's P-A-U-L-J-E-R-N-B-E-R-G.com. And let me also suggest you watch the 2019 documentary about Paul entitled The Song of the Loving Heart. If you're interested in using Paul's music at your parish or school, scores are available on the website as well. In his book, The Idiot, Fyodor Dostoevsky wrote, Beauty will save the world. Well, I'm convinced that it can, and that the beauty that saves the world needs to be first and foremost the beauty of divine worship, of well-written and well-sung praise of God at the Mass. Paul Jernberg and Wyoming Catholic College have partnered to bring that beauty to bear, not only here in Lander, but across the church. For Wyoming Catholic College, this is Dr. Jim Tonkowicz.